Hey, I know. I'll use my trusty frying pan as a drying pan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Out of the Drawing Pan, a Pokemon the Series podcast. We have a special episode for you this week. We're going to be talking about our fan fictions created by us. Also, just a quick reminder, this is an E4 explicit podcast, so listener discretion is advised. And I'm your host, Jacob, and I'm here with my co-host, Alex. Hello. Hello, Alex. How are you today? I am trying not to be too nervous. All right, you work on that. In the meantime, our other co-host, Austin, is here. Hello, Austin. Hey, I'm here with a reminder for the Patreon, because we haven't talked about it in a minute. Just a quick reminder, if you pay $1 a month, you can get various written materials related to the podcast, such as our fanfiction transcripts from this episode. Hey, now. If you pay $3 a month, you get various different audio recordings, such as the pre-recording we did just a few minutes ago. We talked about dreams. That was fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For 5 bucks a month, you can provide a topic for Week Talk. You can provide discussion topics or fan fiction prompts for us to write, which we'll see if you want to do that for you listen to this. <laughs> you might. We need some help. That's right. My uh, creative muscle was pretty weak. So yeah, exactly. Give us a chance to flex them. And you can suggest any other fan fiction for us to read aloud after the episodes, which we got to pre-read it first to make sure it's nothing too bad. But still. <laughs> Also available, $10 to get bonus episodes and $20 to be on the podcast for guestos. That is so exciting. Oh my gosh. That's my advertisement for the episode. Now that's really cool. Yeah, Patreon. That's the only one, right? Well, what? Well, I mean, like, Patreon's the only way that, like, people pay to support. I think it's the it's the standard one, yes. Yeah, because I heard of it. There's a new Twitch coming out. and Threads. Like, what's it called? Threads. Threads? Oh, is that what that is? What is that? I've heard of it. It's Zuckerberg's version of Twitter. Oh. oh, okay, okay. Battle Royale has begun. Musk versus Zuck, got it. I wish they would have a fist fight. I would love to see that shit. Aren't they doing that? Isn't there a uh, boxing match coming up? I think Elon backed out. Oh. Oh, he did? After he laid down the gauntlet in the first place. Zuckerberg's no joke, man. He just won a jujitsu tournament. Andrew Tate must be in shambles because he was like, I'm going to train you, Elon. Well, isn't he in jail? <laughs> no, yeah. no. He won't be Wait, I know he got out. We shouldn't talk about him. I don't want to talk about these idiots. All right. <laughs> we got way more interesting stuff, which just to note, so you may be thinking, why would I want to read these fan fiction transcripts? But there are some pretty interesting like inflections, like italicized different things, like for emphasis. So I have some confusing dialogue integration, so we'll see how it goes. Looks better on paper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, reading out loud something else. Alex, what'd you get on the Steam sale? Okay, I haven't bought anything yet, but the Steam sale isn't over until like July 13th. I have a list. So some things currently on the list are Portal, Portal 2, Goat Simulator. (laughs) (laughs) I want to play that. LA Noir, because we talked about it last time. What else? Oh my gosh, there's so many things. Hollow Knight. Can your computer run these? I don't know. That's the big question, right? I'm going to just cross my fingers and hope that it can... But I thought that some of these things might make for fun, like, 
Let's Plays or something. So if you guys have suggestions, let me know before the sale ends. Is Death of Sonic the Hedgehog on there? That's a free to play. Ooh, lovely. Oh, okay. Is that allowed up there? It's official. It's oh, it's a Sega official? game. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wait, is it really? Yeah. I thought it was a fan game. Uh, I could be wrong. That's definitely going on our Let's Playlist. Yeah. Or it's like the murder of Sonic or something like that. Yeah. It's a visual novel. Oh, speaking of, okay, so other fun visual novel type games I got on my list is Hatful Boyfriend, which. Oh, yeah. Have you heard of that? I love, I remember that when that was a big meme. That was fun. Yeah. I know I'm super late to the party, but whatever. And then Dream Daddy, which Austin said I should buy. I've considered buying it myself, but I'm like, I don't know if I want to actually spend the money. I do. I want to spend the money. So you can support our Patreon and we can get all these games. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Everything you put into the Patreon goes into the podcast. That's right. So that'll be fun. Fun to look forward to if you guys want to see us play some ridiculous games that we buy during the Steam sale. If your computer doesn't run them, you can buy them and they're still there. That's right. For when I inevitably upgrade my computer at some point. So. They're yours forever unless the company that has them decides to take them away from you. Ah, I hate digital ownership stuff. Gives me the heebie-jeebies. It's the way of the future, Austin. No escape. I don't like this future. I don't either. I still like to buy physical copies of stuff whenever I can, but it doesn't work like that. You buy the disc and you have to then download the game. Speaking of that, I've been playing Ghost of Tsushima, so it took like an hour to download it. I stuck the game in the thing and I'm like, all right, let's play. And it was like, nope, sorry. I feel like an hour actually isn't very bad. <laughs> no, that was just for the update. Oh, okay. Oh, oh my god. Okay, so it's not in the game. What system is that? PS4? PlayStation 4, yeah. That's why they say, like, when we bought, like, if you got Nintendo 64 for Christmas or PS1 for Christmas as a kid, day one, you're good to go. But now, like, if you buy a kid a game system, they say parents open it. And you got to download all the crap to it. Otherwise, your Christmas day is going to be spent with your kid complaining why they can't play the game system that they just got. Put it into the slot. Put in controller. Turn it on. Use Windex to clean the cartridge. Don't do that. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Alex, did you do anything else? What else did I do? Oh, my God. Yes, I did. I made myself sad and I watched Titanic the other day. But I tried really hard. I tried my best not to cry. I think one tear came out. I know it's going to happen, and it's like, these aren't real people. Like, Jack and Rose are not real people, but it did really happen, and it was tragedy. And so, I don't know, thinking about that, I was like, oh, this movie, like, just gets me every time. The folly of man, the hubris, the cl- the class That's dynamics, right. the yes. leaving the poor people to die. Like, yeah. Oh, it's horrible. It's such a horrible story. It really is. Like, you know what I mean? Like, in real life, it's a horror. Yeah, it was, and, and then just to think about the what that must have been like and looked like and to be in the black nothing of the ocean and the oh my gosh okay so yes rest in peace those poor souls all right austin what'd you do fuck uh oh really oh no actually actually (laughs) in all honesty i did not fuck or have i he has to think about it i've been watching grace and frankie on netflix is that something uh yes it is something grace and frankie it's cute okay any uh, thoughts on that? Nope. All right. I got to look this up. Grace and... Frank- it's Jane oh. Fonda and uh, Lily, Tomlin. Lily Tomlin. Okay. It's a good show. I got like into season two and then, you know. Yeah, it's very like drop it and pick it back up years later. Anything else? Any fun games? Any new comics? Any new life things? Nope. What about you, Jacob? Well, this week, I, I don't know. I had to go in. I don't know if you call it like emergency surgery or 
like anything like that. But like you know, you go right. to the do- you go to the doctors. They like exam you. They take some X rays and then they go like, "Well, we need to operate." What? You know, they take X rays, they examine you, and then they're like, "Hey, we got to do this." And then you're numbed, and next thing you know, you're in a chair, and they're filling a hole in your tooth. Oh, you were at the dentist. Yeah. You asshole. <laughs> oh my god. Me and Austin, you should have seen the concern. We were like, "What?" <laughs> Good thing it's an audio cast. So oh, went to the dentist. God. This way, <laughs> Austin's face. Jacob, swear to God. I am a facial expressionate person. I don't know what to say. Very true. Which is why we're going live with this podcast. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, God. I, my hair. <laughs> no. I had to go to the dentist. I think I had like a cavity, but it was weird. It was the same tooth that I've had it before. So I don't know if it counts as two cavities. It's the same cavity. Yeah, it really was. I had to fill it before and then I had to just refill it. I don't know if that counts as another one or what. Wait, so you lost a filling? It was still there. But they had to fill more. I don't know. It was weird. That villain's not doing his job. No, this was a new dentist. This is from a long time ago. Oh, like when you were a kid? Yeah. Man, getting a cavity filled is a lot better than when I did it like 10 years ago. Why is that? I think the first time I did it, they didn't have that automatic sucker. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? That sucks you the You mean the, the thing, like the white little candy cane looking thing? Yeah. They had that 10 years ago. No, no, they had that, but this was a new one. This is like, it's almost like the size of a mouthpiece and it pries your mouth open. Oh. It's continuously doing it so you don't have to like stop so the doctor can just keep going, which I think is good for the doctor because it doesn't like, you know, they get in a rhythm. I had a feeling recently and they and they used that thing on me. That was cool. That was a lot better. I remember the first time, I think, they didn't have that numbing gel either for the shots. Like when I went the first time, they just gave me the shot oh and my God. Uh, I had to just deal with the needle pain. But this time they like... They had that gel they put on it, and then they give you the shots. Oh, my God. Dental work is just... Just somebody punch me in the head before I have to have dental work Knock done. her out. I, knock me out. I don't want to be party to it. You never had a cavity or anything, Alex? Oh, I have. Oh. I have. It's miserable. I like... I mean, I was okay. Family Feud was on in the background. God, lucky. They play UTV? Oh, my God. God, they always play HGTV. HG? Yeah. I love HGTV. I can only watch it for so long. It's so boring. I love House Hunters. I could watch House Hunters all day. It stresses me the fuck out. <laughs> it stresses you out? It does. It's like, here's this life you'll never have because these people are somehow make $5 million a year doing like underwater basket weaving and like part-time like donut maker or something. like. Hi, I'm a butterfly wrangler and my husband is a caribou um, illustrator and yeah. we have a budget of $300,000 million. <laughs> How do they do it? I don't understand. My favorite is with uh, Tiny House Hunters, Thursdays night at 8 p.m. Every (laughs) single time they show a tiny home, the first thing, it happens every single episode with each house that's sold. The first thing the couple says when they walk in the tiny home is, oh my God, it's so small. Every time. (gasps) Okay. But as if we would not all do the exact same fucking thing. No, I wouldn't. It's a tiny home. I expect it. (laughs) I would totally be like, it's so small. (laughs) I know. Then they're like, this isn't the square footage. You want to see some drama. Watch Tiny Home House Owners. It gets pretty serious. What kind of drama could there possibly be? Oh, my God. You're over budget on the wallpaper. Oh, my God. The toilet is not a toilet. It's a microbacterial toilet. So when you go, you have to put the special microbes on it to digest the poop and the pee that's in the toilet because there's no plumbing me? what words are you saying 
This is what they say. Like they have toilets that are waterless and you just go and then nope, you throw in I, some Nope, can't do. Nope. Throw in some mushroom seeds and it eats it. Um, yeah, that's a pass. More power to all the people that want to live like that. Moving on. Yes. <laughs> uh, I didn't do um, watch, Still Watching Friends. That's a good series. Still more of a Seinfeld person, but Friends is good. That's about it. fiction time what we've all been waiting for for like a year it's been over a year since we've done this before right i'd like to remind alex that she's the one who requested this episode i don't remember that i do i'll accept it we gotta make it an annual tradition i love how i apparently have said this but then i was the one bitching about it and i was like oh my god i can't write oh i don't want to do this (laughs) yeah funny how that works yeah funny (laughs) all right so who's gonna go first not me i was first last time randomize that thing randomize oh, it okay oh i'm going first then austin then yeah <laughs> i had a feeling that i was gonna be first who's second and third you're second i'm second yeah okay alex you're third going in the middle is the best because nobody remembers what you said good all right so i had some help writing mine uh you can all tell me who helped at the end of mine mine's not that long know. mine's not that long <laughs> okay it's 10 paragraphs all right are you ready does this have a title It does, but I'm not going to say it because it gives it away. Okay. I'll tell you the title at the end. Once upon a time, folks, there was a tremendous world filled with these little creatures called Pokemon. And let me tell you, nobody knew more about Pokemon than me. I was the very best, believe me. People would come up to me and say, Donald, how'd you catch so many different Pokemon? And I would say, it's all about the art of the deal, folks. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Now these Pokemon, they were little monsters, but some of them were tremendous, let me tell you. You had your Charizards, your Pikachus, and oh even a Snorlax God. or two. <laughs> they were all fighting to be the very best, just like me. But let me tell you, nobody could outsmart me. When it came to Pokemon battles, I had the best strategies, believe me. I remember one time I was walking through tall grass and I encountered a wild Pokemon. It was a tremendous creature, folks, with big, beautiful eyes. I said to myself, I've got to catch this Pokemon. It's a winner. So I threw a Pokeball, and just like that, I had it. It was a tremendous victory, let me tell you. (laughs) Tremendous. The most spectacular victory ever. But you know, folks, being a Pokemon trainer is a lot like being a businessman. You have to be tough, you have to be smart, and you have to be a winner. And let me tell you, I was the best Pokemon trainer there ever was. Nobody could beat me. I had the best Pokemon, the best team, the best hair. Believe me. Now, some people said I was too tough. (laughs) Now, some people said I was too tough on my Pokemon. They said I should be more like Ash, catch him, always caring and nurturing. But let me tell you, folks, that's not how you, win a, how you win battles. You have to be strong, you have to be fierce, and you have to be a winner. And that's exactly what I was. I traveled from town to town, challenging gym leaders and defeating them with ease. They would say, Donald, you're too powerful, it's not fair. And I would say, life's not fair, folks. You have to be a winner, just like me. <laughs> and let me tell you, nobody could argue with that. but you know folks being a trainer wasn't just about winning battles it was about building a team a team that could make you proud and that's exactly what i did i had the best team folks we were unstoppable 
we would go into battles and we would come out victorious every single time. In the end, folks, being a trainer taught me a lot about life. It taught me you have to be strong, you have to be smart, and you have to be a winner. And let me tell you, nobody nobody knows more about winning than me. So if you want to be the very best, like me, just remember, it's all about the art of the deal, folks. I got chills up my spine every time you said folks. (laughs) Let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, so uh, special guest helped me write that. All right, Jacob, tell us about your process on that. What was your creative thought process like? So I put no thought on this at all, except for uh, the prompt. So I just went to AI story generator called Tiny Wow, and I said, Pokemon told by Donald Trump. And that's all I did, (laughs) and that's what it did. So you combine two of the worst features of modern society, AI... And Donald Trump. And Donald Trump. And you, you... you birthed this upon us. Yeah, I was I was going to put both, like, as told by Donald Trump and Joe Biden, but I didn't know. Oh my god, I want to hear malarkey. what that one would be okay, like. Okay, the Joe Biden one? That's no malarkey. Give me, like, two seconds. Oh my god. Okay, so you basically just tell it keywords or prompts and it, it spits this thing out? Yeah, I'm going to make this one shorter. Well, I noticed it was very, it was very repetitive. It oh, was yeah, very yeah. repetitive. But you know what? Honestly, that's that's pretty on brand because he does repeat himself. That's true. Yeah, the the phrases were like spot on. But I said, okay, now I did Pokemon told by Joe Biden <laughs> and four paragraphs long. Okay. Let me tell you, Jack. I don't think it's, uh, I don't actually think it's that keen to him. Yeah. If he doesn't say malarkey, it's not real. No. It's still learning. Yeah, I think it's still learning because it doesn't put any of his like phrases in here. I don't think, you know. It just tells the story pretty much as if he's the, the main character, not as him telling the story. Oh, so it's like, Joe Biden went to the store. Yeah, yeah, it's not like him actually talking. Who else is, like, a really distinct person that you could... You can give me any name and I could put it in here. All I can think of is, like, accents and, like, affectations, like a John Wayne or... Who's, like, a really distinct personality? There's no one quite like Donald Trump. Let's just look at him that. Ugh. <laughs> I did one. I did one by John Wayne. Do a uh, Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer. Okay. Pokemon on Jerry Springer. The John Wayne one turned out to be a western. I knew it would be. <laughs> <laughs> it did. It said, "Ash was in the Wild West." Oh nice. my gosh. <laughs> oh, verify you're human. Verify you're human. That's I- ironic. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? You're not another robot asking me. Oh my gosh, this actually might be pretty funny. Okay. Oh yeah. It's only three paragraphs long. Do it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Jerry Springer Show, where today we have a group of colorful characters who claim to be Pokemon trainers. Our first guest is Ash, a young boy who believes he can catch them all. Ash, tell us about your journey. Jerry, I've been traveling across regions, battling gym leaders, and collecting Pokemon to become the ultimate Pokemon master. But my rival, Gary, is always one step ahead, flaunting his fancy badges and mocking my skills. It's time to settle this once and for all, Jerry. Hold on, Ash. We have another guest who claims to be a real Pokemon master. Please, welcome Misty, a fiery redhead who's not afraid to speak her mind. Misty, what's your story? Jerry, Ash may think he's the best, but he's got a lot to learn. I've been training water-type Pokemon since day one, and my Stormy can outshine any of his so-called powerhouses. Plus, I've got a bone to pick with him for always dragging me along on his crazy adventures. Well, folks, it seems we've got ourselves into a Pokemon showdown. Will Ash finally prove himself as the ultimate trainer, or can Misty's water types defeat him? Tune in next time to find out on the Jerry Springer Show. Aw, we don't even get a resolution. That was a little disappointing compared to the other one. Okay, but 
it's still fascinating that it could come up with that out of like nowhere. And no, it doesn't come from nowhere. It's it's taking the written material from elsewhere. Yeah, you yeah, okay. The description of Misty, the fiery redhead thing, I was like that's that's a direct quote pulled from like a character description somewhere. A hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's not like thinking for itself. Austin, you're right, but it puts it together in a semi-coherent structure like i mean it, it's kind of interesting i mean it, of course it's no match for you know somebody like their creative original pieces which that's the danger i feel like because it is pulling from people's like work to like stitch it together it is have you seen the the movement to re- rename it plagiarism software i mean it, it kind of is oh they have a song out now called like heart on your sleeve it's by drake and the weekend and ai completely created it i think oh god what? and it sounds just like them it's crazy and they're saying now that like voice actors and like for anime and stuff like that all they're doing is they're taking sound clips from the voice actor and then the ai can mimic it and say the lines the same way the voice actor would that's insane yeah alarm bells yeah I just, I'm afraid for it being used in a dangerous way. Like, people doing deep fakes and saying, oh, so-and-so said this, and people (laughs) believing it. Like, I'm sorry. that's my fear. Uh, The only one it works with, this one works with, is Donald Trump. Like, I put in Humpty Dumpty as told by Donald Trump. Oh, Christ. (laughs) What? (laughs) It's because he's already such a cartoon. It works so well. He doesn't function like a real human being. He functions like... A set of inexplicable behaviors. You know what I mean? Oh, can I read this one, please? (laughs) Sure. Okay. How long is it? (laughs) It's not long at all. It'll take me two minutes. Once a time, folks, there was this tremendous egg, Humpty Dumpty. (laughs) And let me tell you, he was a real character, folks. He sat on a wall, a beautiful wall. Might I add, the best wall you've ever seen. Oh, my God. (laughs) But you know what? I didn't even think about the wall connection. (laughs) But you know what? Humpty Dumpty, he had a little bit of a balance problem, folks. Couldn't keep himself together. Sad, really. So one day, day Humpty Dumpty takes a tremendous fall. A tremendous fall, folks. And all the king's horses and all the king's men, they couldn't put Humpty together again. They tried. They really did. But they just couldn't do it. And you know what? I would have done it, folks. I would have fixed Humpty Dumpty. Believe me, I would. Nobody fixes things better than me. Nobody. (laughs) But here's the thing, folks. Humpty Dumpty, he should have built a wall. A tremendous wall to keep himself safe. Walls work, folks. They really do. And if Humpty Dumpty had built a wall, he wouldn't have had that tremendous fall. It's a shame, really. A real shame. That's the story of Humpty Dumpty, folks. A sad story, but a tremendous lesson for us all. The irony of the wall being the product of his own destruction and the response is he should have built a wall. He wouldn't take a fall. Sounds about right. If he built his own wall, he wouldn't have fallen off of it. AI is, uh, I don't know if it's a useful tool, but it is a tool. It's right. certainly ah. a tool. <laughs> yeah. God, it's scary. I'm uh, interested to see uh, how that goes in the future. A cut to Terminator 2. Skynet has taken over the world. <laughs> Basically. That was mine. Thank you for that. That was that was entertaining. I guess it's my turn. <laughs> Give us a background, Austin. Anything interesting about it? What was your creative process? I wrote two. One of them's a bit odd. So if that one doesn't go very well, I have a backup. (laughs) Okay, yeah. And the backup will be a crowd pleaser, I'm pretty sure. 
Ooh. So you're going to start off with the odd one, right? Yeah. All right. This is called The Eye. Oh, what was the title of yours, Jacob? Oh, mine was just, I just put in Pokemon Told by Donald Trump. That's all it was. Sure. That's all. (laughs) This one's kind of long, so get ready. The morning sun dipping over the valleys of the ruins of Alf gives the entire area a sense of stillness. This small preserved site always has an eeriness to it, but it's the morning glow that makes everything appear out of time, as if caught between the ancient past and tomorrow's discoveries. That's what my team is hoping for, at least. I just arrived here this morning, and the intention is to stay for a month while we evacuate the newly discovered chambers locked deep beneath mountain grooves. My old classmate Foster is giving me the grand tour. His interest is more in Pokemon paleontology than in the human archaeology my team is here for, and his enthusiasm for the fossilized plant life his crew's discovered is overwhelming this tour he's providing me. Foster, you always did put your own field of research in front of everyone else's, I chide him with a wink and a smile. Professor Oak used to get on you about that all the time in our grad studies. Foster laughs sheepishly and rubs the back of his neck, embarrassed I'm still willing to call him out on his follies. Sorry, Crystal, he says. I really should be showing you this first chamber we discovered. If anyone can decode the kinds of ancient texts written on the walls, it's you. Naturally, I reply with a feigned ego. Foster laughs in my direction as he helps me up the shoddily constructed pathway leading to this newly discovered chamber. We enter, and it's as if stepping into a different world, a remnant of human society unseen and unspoken of for centuries. Sparse lighting is propped up near the entrance, and my flashlight isn't helping matters much. It's beautiful, I marvel. I can hardly see anything, but I can feel in my bones. This is what we've been looking for. I can see Foster beaming out of the corner of my eye. I knew you'd like it, he says. He turns and walks back toward the entrance only a few yards away. Come on, I'll show you the pathway to go to the second room. The path's pretty steep. Just a moment, I say. I want to get a good sense of what we can expect to find. I lean down to inspect what looks to be some small slabs on the floor. Foster shrugs and leaves me be, heading back out the way we came. I lose myself for just a moment, making out some as-yet-indecipherable writings on a stone slab, turning it over between my hands. It's fascinating, but I shouldn't keep Foster waiting outside for too long. I place the tablet back where I found it and turn back to the entrance. The eye is looking at me. I can tell it's an eye, even though it looks much simpler than an actual eye. It's just a black dot in the middle of a circle of white, more an approximation of the concept of an eye than a working biological one. But I know that's exactly what it is. It's inches from my face, inspecting me. I stare right back, frozen, unsure of how to react. I should be reacting. I should be startled. Stepping back in confusion and fear or shock. But I'm not feeling any of those things. I'm just observing. And it's observing me. Not just my face, my body, but my mind. My soul. How do I know this? I realize I can see my own face shrouded in darkness. Not with my own eyes, but through the eye's perspective. A vision of myself somewhere in my thoughts, cataloging me. I can feel the eye looking through my being. It's navigating the neural pathways that make me me. My research. My published works. My career, my life, my home, Greenfield, my love, Spencer, Molly, Molly, my companions, my other selves. No, not my other selves. There's only one myself. The eye. It's the eyes of their selves. I can feel them. The eye is in my mind and the eyes in contact with the other eyes. The other ones I can't see or touch, but are connected to always. They're figuring out what to do. What to do with this human. With me. What to do with me. Will it work? Can we feed off of her? Eyes swirling in all direction. Chaos, but organized chaos. 
rotating in and out in a void. Nothing but void in all directions. Nothingness. No, somethingness, but with the illusion of nothingness. Nothingness that goes back eons. Time outside of time. Space outside of space. There is neither here. They were born here. The spawn of one. We are the thousand arms of one. We are many, but we are one. The original. An egg. An egg cracking. Crystal! Oh my god, Crystal! Someone help! Call a doctor! Crystal, answer me! Wake up! Foster is holding me in his arms. Me, Crystal. I am Crystal Hale, on the floor of this dark room. The eye is gone, but I can still feel it there. Observing. Speculating. Feeding? No. I'm not right. Not what the eye is looking for. My energy is wrong. They need something else. What? Who? I'm in a white room. A bed. Still observed. Now by doctors taking notes. She's completely unresponsive, a human says. One of the doctors. How long has it been? I just know the room. The white, sterile room. Art on the wall. Just as much of a nut as the rest of everything in here. The closed window painted shut with bars going up and down. The plastic sheets I can feel sticking to my exposed skin through the gown they put me in. The two bright lights on the ceiling, buzzing, making that constant buzzing noise. Electricity softly pulsing, communicating where the particles need to go, what they need to do, what is making energy change forms and produce the light. Steady, unrelenting, buzzing. Crystal? A man stands in the doorway of the room. Not a doctor. I know this man. Spencer, my husband. How long has it been since I saw him? He looks sad. He hasn't shaved. Spencer, you look a mess. He's sitting in a chair at my side. A doctor is talking to him. Never seen anything like it. Residual psychic energy. It's incredibly rare, but has your wife ever exhibited any traits of extrasensual perception, such as telepathy or even telekinesis? Something must have done this to her, but no common Pokemon could. When is it now? Still in the white room. Time does not pass. Time flies by in a moment that does not exist. They undress me, wash me with a sponge, prick my arms with tubes, and fidget with monitors they place all around me. They all buzz with power, with energy, with electric impulses headed in a million directions. Mama! She's here. She's holding Spencer's hand, hiding behind him, peeking out at me, afraid. But she's here. Molly, come here. Please, Molly, let me hold you. I love you. I want to tell you how much I love you, my daughter. The center of my thoughts. No, Molly, it's okay. Mama's right here. Mama loves you. Please don't cry. I know that look. She's about to have a full-blown tantrum. She's screaming. Spencer is hurrying her out of the room, picking her up and rocking her like a baby. Molly, no. I'm right here. Please listen to me. I need you to calm down, Molly. I need to tell you. My lips open. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Molly's cries stop immediately. Spencer is pale, mouth agape, both of them staring at me for an eternity that lasts a second. Molly drops from Spencer's arms, runs toward my side. Mama! Mama, I knew you were all right! Mama! Sing again! No, Molly, I need to tell you. I need to warn you. They want you. Spencer is sticking his head out the door, shouting, We need a doctor here now! I need to tell Molly. H-I-J-K-L-M-N-O-P Molly's happy. She's in danger. Spencer, you need to protect her. Protect our girl. They're coming for her. They're coming for Molly. Q-R-S-T-U-V-W-X-Y-N-Z. I can see my arms pawing at Spencer. They're weak, but still capable of movement. Spencer, you need to take Molly and go. 
Stay away from me. Go. They want her. They know I love her, and now they want to love her. Provide for her. Give her everything she wants. Spencer is standing still, my arms grabbing his shoulders, shaking him to the best of my atrophied body can manage. Why can't he understand me? He's standing there, stupid, not knowing what to do. He can't hear me, can't hear what I'm trying to say. Opening my mouth just causes the nursery rhyme to come out, over and over again. How long does this scene continue? Forever an instant, just like everything. How long until they hurry a screaming Molly out of the room? How long since I've seen my daughter? How long has my body wasted away in this room, while my mind has been both here and elsewhere? Through the eye, my mind sees it all. Spencer in another dark room. Spencer in the void. Molly crying alone, and Molly comforted in the arms of Delia Ketchum. Molly, my baby girl, all grown up and on a lion's back. A world of fantasy and dreams and oceans and sunflowers and violence and fire and spikes and darkness. And suddenly, finally, Molly whispering, I want things real again. And things are real again. And that's it. I've seen that movie. You've seen that movie? Yeah, I think I have. Austin, that was awesome. I feel like it was a Twilight Zone episode. Gosh, it was just the perfect amount of creepy and like, oh my god, that was the perfect backstory for the movie. Holy crap. That should have been the short before the movie. <laughs> I'm impressed. That was a, that was really cool. So that was my serious one. Y'all want to hear my funny one? We can. Yes. Then we'll ask AI to summarize the third movie of Pokemon. Okay, can do. <laughs> Cock-a-doodle-doo. <laughs> the rooster's call awoke Mr. Douglas, as it did every morning. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, this story is called Mr. Douglas's Tractor. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The rooster's call awoke Mr. <laughs> Douglas as it did every morning. Is he asleep on his tractor? I don't know. Oh, Hopi Soapy sleeps on the tractor. <laughs> like, he just never gets off. He's one with the tractor. He's one with the tractor. Wait a minute. A rooster? What's a rooster? Is that a Pokemon? No, it can't be. There's only 251 Pokemon at the moment, and a rooster isn't one of them. What creatures are making these bird calls all the time? Life in Johto sure is confusing. But thankfully, for the mental well-being of Mr. Douglas, the people of Johto don't question such things. Why would you question the state of your reality when every day is so great? Wake up in the morning, eat, do your morning chores, eat, do your afternoon chores, eat, and then turn in for another evening and wait for the next day to do the same things all over again. Oh, wait a minute. Wasn't there another thing on Mr. Douglas's list of daily activities? <laughs> oh, that's right. Fuck. Fuck till the whole log cabin stinks of fuck stink. Oh what? Who's he doing this with? Mr. Douglas hopped on his tractor. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> and headed out into the apple orchard fields. He turned onto a dirt road and was delighted to see a vision of a short haired beauty, Ariel, and her sixth lady ba. Oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, not Mr. Douglas. No. Ariel came by once a week to pollinate the fields with her ladybug, and Mr. Douglas came more than once to pollinate Ariel every week. No. Uh. <laughs> oh god, at least it's not with his tractor. <laughs> it's on his tractor. It is on his tractor. Oh okay. my god. Ariel was making conversation with a gaggle of brightly dressed children with a Pikachu and a Togepi. But that didn't matter. Mr. Douglas's needs were more important. 
Ariel! Mr. Douglas shouted out to her as he pulled his tractor to a stop. Good to see you, girl. All set to go to work? We're all set, Mr. Douglas, Ariel replied. Mr. Douglas didn't answer, just hummed a jaunty tune and continued on his way. Hours later, Mr. Douglas had finished both his morning and afternoon chores. Now it was time for some well-deserved entertainment. As the sun set, he drove his tractor back in the direction of his barn, spotting Ariel waving goodbye to the children he had ignored earlier and would continue to ignore now. Ariel, I hope your ladybug got all their pollinator work finished today, he crooned. Ariel looked around and gripped her ancestral whistle in her hand. Actually, Mr. Douglas, we didn't get much work done today. A trio of thieves called Team Rocket took my ladybug. Good thing I know their fear scent so well, so I was able to find them. They're all safe now, but I learned an important lesson and will be using my family's whistle less often from now on. It's the ladybug's relationship with me that's important, not the commands from the whistle. That's marvelous, Mr. Douglas said, having not listened to a single word she said. <laughs> now hop on this tractor and let's do it. <laughs> okay, Ariel said. <laughs> oh, Ariel. Oh, 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 Ariel, Mr. Douglas moaned. He put his thingy in Ariel's you-know-what, and they did it. It was so sexy. All the ladybug flew up and started to clap because of how hot they were. Hey, ladybug, put those fists of yours to good use, Mr. Douglas said. They, <laughs> Jacob's taking his earphones out and shaking his head at me. <laughs> Welcome to Pervert's Paradise. <laughs> the ladybug just sat there with blank expressions on their face. Ariel sighed and took her lips off of Mr. Douglas's whistle and onto her own. Tweet! The ladybug came in closer. The smell of their fear scent overwhelmed the apple orchard. <laughs> Almost done. Cock-a-doodle-doo! Mr. Douglas crowed as his cock got a doodle-doo. The end. Oh my god. Oh my god. That's too much. Did I go too far? Was that too much? <laughs> no, it was perfect. Just the right amount. I, th I thought I getting farther, and I was like, no, nah, that's not enough. <laughs> I think the ladybug being included is, is the, was just the far enough. I think that's what we needed to hear. I love how it turned into my immortal at the end. <laughs> Tweet! <laughs> Ooh. Oh my god, Austin! I just kept thinking of that Jason Aldean song the whole what? time. Which one? What? The Red Green Tractor. Oh, oh my god. Oh, that was that was too good. Austin uh, Austin always likes to try to deny his creative writing talent, but that right there, going from something creepy and serious to something as absurd as Mr. <laughs> Douglas's tractor. You know what that gave me an idea what? for like the next time we do this. I need to get a tractor. Yeah, we should all <laughs> <laughs> We should all write off the same prompt. Like we each write an individual one from the same prompt? Yeah, like, we use the same prompt, but then I want to see how everybody, like, takes it. Like, what you do with the same thing. You know what I mean? Hmm. That would be interesting. Like, if we all wrote something about Mr. Douglas's tractor, like, what would have that turned out to be? Oh, my God. Keep that in mind. I think that would okay. be fun. Oh, God. I needed that laugh. Whew.
We should have saved the Mr. Douglas's tractor for the very end. I think that would have been a way better closeout than whatever this shit I'm gonna read is gonna be. Let's find out. Let's find out. Okay. <clears throat> so to preface, I used a like writing prompt generator. This is the prompt it gave me, and then I'll read the story. And I kind of eh, bent the rules a little bit on this one. So I think it was Story Shack was where I got it from, just to cite the source. Anyway, it was randomly generated, and it said, write a 500-word story. This is way longer than 500 words. In the sci-fi genre. Ooh. I didn't really do that. Oh. <laughs> I mean, Pokemon's kind of sci-fi, right? I don't know. About a truck driver, and it should include a bottle of champagne. Use the sentence, we can repair this. Bonus, it takes place in a desert. Before you start the sci-fi thing, I thought that's where Austin's was going. To where, like, it was a fake reality where people were remembering animals that they saw in real life. Oh, that's and, what like, Pokemon I thought, And, like, Pokemon was the Matrix. <laughs> and then it came out with Ariel in the field being pollinated. And I was like, I, think, I don't think this is going the way I think it's going. <laughs> I was, was kind of trying to, like, fuck with you a little bit at the start. <laughs> it did. I was like, oh, this is going to be like the Matrix. And then it was like, nope. No, this is not. This is not at all. I got I Choose You vibes where he, like, wakes up in the real world. I thought that was going to be this. Or that, yeah sucked into a pokemon world or whatever somebody got sucked in all right so that was the prompt and this is what i came up with and i didn't title it anything other than fanfic number two okay that's the title (laughs) (laughs) i should have thought about that more but i wrote it in like one night so whatever austin wrote his you wrote both of those in 20 minutes no i will run in 20 minutes and one in about five minutes damn (laughs) i feel bad this took me a couple hours oh okay Shit. He sighed. Another goddamn blown head gasket. He opened the door, jumping down from the cab. The sun was high overhead. About noon, he figured, and it was so damn hot. Of all the places to break down, it had to be on the side of Route 111. It was at least another 50 miles to Mauville and the nearest mechanic. White steam hissed mockingly from under the hood. This is just great. Just, he rammed his boot into the tire. Great. Well, no choice but to call for a tow. He checked his cell phone. Dead. Unbelievable, he growled through his clenched teeth. The day couldn't get any more perfect than this. Amanda Buzz screeched overhead. He squinted against the waves of heat rising off the asphalt, trying to make out the words of a distant sign. Wind straight house, five miles ahead. Better start walking, Stephen, he muttered to himself. Stephen's a truck driver? Yes, he is. Okay. <laughs> It said truck driver, had to ride a truck driver. He'd only made it about half of the way before he ripped his sweat-drenched shirt off and draped it over his head in a weak attempt to shield himself from the sun. As much as he loved his steel types, what he wouldn't have given to have a mudkip or something at his disposal. He left his backpack in the truck, stupid, although it wouldn't have done much good considering he drank the last of the water in his canteen. That annoying kid at the Pokemart in Fall Arbor was right. He should have bought an extra gallon for the road. As he trudged along the dusty road, all he could think about was his father and the last conversation they'd had. I don't know why you insist on perpetuating this foolishness, Stephen. Either take the gym challenge and make something of yourself, or come work at the family business and learn something valuable. I won't be here to run things forever. This is my, your legacy, Stephen. My father, his father, all of us stone men have led Devon Corporation. He told his father no, of course. He was no entrepreneur, no businessman. He just wanted to travel, wanted to wander across the country, eventually see the world. Besides, he didn't mind driving for Roxanne's fleet business. The hours were long and he wasn't often home. 
but he got to meet so many interesting people and hear about their lives. As a bonus, they often told him about the surrounding areas he'd visited, and he'd found more than a few interesting stones and gem samples that way. That was his true passion, mineralogy. Stones, rocks, gems, he fancied himself as a bit of a treasure hunter, too. After he got that damn truck towed to Mauville, it was on to Rusturf Tunnel to follow up on a rumor about an unusual gem that supposedly formed there. Ah! Stephen was snapped out of his haze of thoughts <laughs> when he felt his ankle twist painfully and found himself tumbling forward, face first towards the ground. God, he's having a shitty day. This is like giving me anxiety and stress. Sorry. It'll get better. His hand shot out to break the fall, scraping his palms against the hot, stony ground in the process. <laughs> Son of a... He brought his hand to his lip, tasting tongue-tasting iron. Split. He rolled over to gingerly sit himself up, looking down to his feet to see what had tripped him. Trap-inch pit. Nasty little buggers. He tried to stand, but his ankle couldn't bear the weight. He slumped back down into the hot sand, touching his ankle gingerly. He pulled in air sharply through his teeth. Shit. Broken? Now what the fuck was he supposed to do? Excuse me, are you alright? His head snapped up at the unexpected voice and he saw a girl looking down at him, her eyebrows knitted together in concern. What? Where did you come from? He managed, feeling very embarrassed all of a sudden. Sorry, you must not have heard me. I said, watch out for that hole. She regarded his swollen ankle for a moment. That looks painful, but not broken. I think I can help, at least for the time being. She unclipped the heel ball from the belt and held it out in front of her. Flossie, come out, please. A diminutive white horse with a small horn and fluffy pastel blue and purple mane appeared. It looked suspiciously similar to a ponytail, but this one was unlike Stephen had ever seen. Wait, what? He started, but she interrupted him. I think a heel pulse will do the trick. A pale green light enveloped his irritated ankle, and within a matter of seconds, he felt the pain melt away. There, all better now, I think. Flossie, you're amazing, now return, she commanded, and the ponytail disappeared back into its pokeball. Stephen finally managed to stand, wiping the hot sandy grit from his palms before extending his hand to her. Thanks, I appreciate the help, he began, his gray eyes meeting her blue ones. His tongue suddenly felt too big for his mouth. Um, he faltered, and she smiled at him. I'm Harper, she offered, taking his hand to shake. So, what are you doing out here? Stephen tried at a conversation starter. His mind chastised him. The hell is wrong with you, Stephen? You talk to dozens of people a day. This shouldn't be so difficult. I'm a traveling performer, or, well, a coordinator, I guess you could say. I'm on my way to Slateport to enter the competition there. Stephen motioned to what looked like an instrument case slung over her shoulder. You're a musician, too, then? She nodded. I'm a flautist. I like to play alongside my Pokemon when we perform. She pulled her long red hair back from her neck, twisting it up into a bun. Are you on your way there, too? We should probably get out of this sun. You look like you're starting to get a bit of a burn. Oh, Stephen looked down at his forearms, where a rosy red tint was starting to form. Yes, Austin. Is he still shirtless? Yes, he is. Oh, good. <laughs> Luckily, the Windstraight house is just down the road. Come on. Stephen pulled his freshly laundered shirt over his head and sighed contentedly. He felt so much better, having showered and washed his sand-ridden clothes. The Windstraight House was more than just a conveniently placed pit stop. It was basically a full-service hotel. There were showers, a coin laundry, and even a bar. He walked out to the lobby where he found Harper perched on a stool at the high top, sipping on a drink. May I? he asked as he approached her. 
Oh, Stephen, feeling better? Please join me. She motioned to the empty chair across from her. Sparkling water, he teased, picking up the bottle to examine it. She shook her head with a coy grin. Champagne, blanc de blancs, quite dry. Stephen must have seemed taken aback, so she continued. My family are vintners. I guess knowing a little something about wine comes with the territory. Stephen thought for a moment. Do they own a vineyard? There's one in Fall Arbor Town. The volcanic soil there is supposed to make for excellent growing conditions. Harper shook her head. No, my family is from Lavere in Kalos. They own a vineyard there. Stephen couldn't help but notice that she suddenly seemed a bit melancholy. He usually didn't like to pry, but if something was bothering her, he felt compelled to help. If he could. Callus is quite away from Hoenn. Do they not have contests there? Harper glanced at him. They do. They're called showcases. I wasn't allowed to enter. Stephen felt a sudden pang of anger jolt through him, as if he'd personally been wronged. Why not? He questioned. My family thought it was a waste of time. They wanted me to take the gym challenge or join the family business. They wanted me to be successful. Competing in contests, being a musician, not a pathway to success in their opinion. Stephen frowned, thinking back to the countless arguments he'd had with his father. So you came here to follow your dream instead, he said quietly. She regarded him for a long while. Yeah, I did. How did you know that? Come on, I want to show you something. Stephen reached out and took her hand gently in oh. his and <laughs> what? Sorry. <laughs> and led him to a tractor. No. And led him to a tractor. <laughs> no, it's not bad. It's fluffy. Obviously, I have like a theme here, but anyway. He reached out and took her hand gently and led her outside into the cool desert night. They med made their way out into the dunes, far enough away from the glow of the lights of the Windstraight house. Somewhere far off in the distance, a pack of Puchiena called to each other in clipped barks. Back in my hometown of Mossdeep, there's a fancy observatory at the Space Center. But honestly, even with that big expensive telescope, there's nothing that compares to this. Look. He pointed up and her eyes instinctively followed. A billion twinkling stars winked back, to, back at her from the inky expanse. Beautiful, she heard him breathe. She glanced at him, but he wasn't looking at the stars. He quickly diverted his gaze and cleared his throat. Families are hard sometimes, I know. They aren't like busted gaskets or leaky radiators. Can't just say, we can repair this and slap some sealant on there. Stephen was quiet for a moment. You asked how I knew. My dad wants me to take over an entire corporation, but that's not the life I envision for myself. My passion is exploring, wandering, wondering. Rocks, gems, life, Pokemon, whatever. I just don't want to be trapped behind a desk, pushing paper. He squeezed her hand encouragingly. Slateport is only a couple days' drive from here. Once the tow truck gets here, would would you like a ride there? We just have to stop off in Mauville for a bit before Slateport. Leave the truck for repairs and all that. Maybe even head to Rusturf afterward? Heard there was a rare stone there. He trailed off, looking sheepish. Harper grinned and looked at the great expanse above her. A million stars winked back at her. I'd like that. The end. Oh. oh. And they fucked. <laughs> I can only write love stories. I can't do something funny like Austin can. Oh, you have such a crush on Stephen Stone. I do. Do you think I followed the prompt well enough? Where was the champagne? It was in the bar. She was drinking it. She was drinking it. Oh, I it. missed it. Sorry. You missed that whole part? Yeah. That's when he started asking if she owns a vineyard or... Starts oh, yes, thank you, Jacob. Okay, 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 okay. I was paying attention, sorry. Thank you. <sighs> okay, I followed it well enough then. Yay, me. Was it too much similar to the Delia thing that I wrote last year? Not at all. That was very different. That was like a crime fiction. Oh, yeah. I was trying to figure out 
if Harper was Harper Winstrade, if that was a character. But I, nope, it was an OC? Just an original character. Named Alex. Nope. I never do self-inserts. <laughs> <laughs> Austin, read yours again. But instead of Mr. Douglas, make it you. No. <laughs> read Austin's that tractor. <laughs> I'll make it. I'll make it Jacob's tractor. How about that? Oh my god! It's ready to pollinate. But I think next time, like I said, next time we do this, we should all write off the same one and see what we all come up with. All right. Who's in charge of coming up with that prompt? Ooh, maybe one of our patrons can. Yeah. Send us a prompt, and uh, we'll all try to write off the same thing and see where our minds take us. Because, like I said, if we did like Mr. Douglas's, the prompt is Mr. Douglas's tractor. What would we write? period <laughs> <laughs> oh, i don't know where i would go with that one good for us so austin instead of doing fanfics what are we doing next week um i do have a question for everyone yes do we all love electabuzz oh my god it's okay we all love electabuzz that's true we do all love electabuzz because casey's here to stay it's a Casey episode. The next episode is The Bug Stops Here and Typecasting. Oh, Typecasting. That sounds interesting. All right, so Electabuzz comes back, and then I don't know what Typecasting is about. We'll see. It's a pseudo-woodo episode. Oh, okay. Okay. Yep, so next podcast, everybody bring your squirt bottles, because we're going to need it. Got to clear it out of the way. Don't be like Steven. Don't forget your canteen in your truck. Everyone, take your shirts off. Make that pseudo-woodo <laughs> squirt. <laughs> all right is there any more closing or any closing thoughts before i close this out here no i think that was that was enough talking all right austin what about you no more talking all right so we're just gonna end it here no more talking just kidding we'd like to say thank you all for listening and be sure to leave us a five-star rating if you have any questions or comments send them to the out of the drawing pan at gmo.com again that is out of the drawing pan at gmo.com should follow us on twitter too for like twitter polls or episode updates our handle is out of drawing pan. Again, our handle is out of drawing pan. And be sure to check out our Patreon. The link is in the description. And all the tiers were said by Austin at the beginning of the episode. So be sure to check that out if you got some time. And join us next time as this journey continues. See you later. Bye.